Expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. All right, we got to do that again because Tony was laughing <laughs> because I, ha- I have an ego. Not necessarily Here we go. reflect those of our affiliates. My ego. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be I considered like as medical, psychological, or professional <laughs> advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host. The man. The myth. The legend. The Monty Man. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show. That's our new theme song by the Allies entitled Burden Down. <laughs> the man. The man. The myth. The legend. <laughs> I just like hearing that. <laughs> I am all I think about I all day long. I love it, though. I wasn't prepared for that. We were talking about, the other day we were talking about, some friends of ours were talk, were, that they're in radio and podcasting. We're talking about, you really have to be a little egocentric to do this. <laughs> you know, what do we call that? Uh, that was like bold. I loved it. Yeah. E- egotistical. No, not e- Egocentric either. with a inferiority complex thing or whatever. You know, I don't know. I think every person has that on radio, though. Like a double... well, I think you have to be a little bit. Yeah. Right? You can't be yourself. Yeah. People I am all that in a bag of <laughs> chips. <laughs> Are you all that in a bag of chips, Marv? Uh, I can't know. I can't. <laughs> That's a yes. How about you, Denver? Yes. Uh, uh, Tony, how yeah, about thank you? you? Thank you. <laughs> I'd be Oreos. I really like Oreos. You, so you're all that in a... And a box and a of Oreos. Box of Oreos? A pack of Oreos. What do you call Double it? Double stuff? Or bo- oh, yeah. Of yeah. That's when you take like the, the outer layer off like really easy and then just eat the double stuff part. Yeah. You know that stuff double, is, don't double you? Double stack. You know that stuff is. It's whipped animal fat. Well, it's amazing whipped yes. animal fat. The best it's, animal fat I've ever had in my life. Most frostings that you buy at... Safely. Say, you know, I mean, if you buy... If you buy Can I say that? If, <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, and we'll charge them plenty. Um, <laughs> most frostings that you buy at, uh, or not frostings, but uh, uh, cakes that you buy like at Costco or Safeway or that kind of thing, 
Uh, the frosting is made out of Crisco oil with sugar. Powdered sugar. Powdered Crisco. sugar. Then why do it. they call it buttermilk? Or, no, not buttermilk. That's You mean uh, sour cream frosting? I mean, uh, uh, cream, 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 cream cheese, cheese. frosting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's different. Oh, okay. and you that's, pay more. That's for cream that. cheese and powdered sugar. See, I don't like that kind. I like cream cheese, though. So oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Especially if it has Oreos in it. Yeah. I don't know about the Oreos. <laughs> Oreos are whipped down <laughs> on that. Yeah, whipped So back. think about this. The next time you drink out of a styrofoam cup, especially if you drink something hot like coffee, look at the, that the, the top layer of the coffee. It's got kind of an oily film on it. That's because styrofoam is also whipped down with fat. With some chemicals added. You know how many people are now living... There you go again. You're doing it again, Tony. I wonder if it's the coffee cup from Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> coffee cup is now staying over there. And it brought me a cursed coffee cup. So Tony's here, and Denver's here, and Marv is here, and Bruce is not here, and we're not sure where he is. Um, last week when Bruce left the studio, yeah, uh, he collapsed out in the driveway. Yeah, everybody keeps asking me about him. I yeah, and we, I, he, he has not informed me of what the doctor said, even though I asked him. Oh, he so, hasn't even told you? No, he, <gasps> he just Bruce. really hasn't talked about it. So, um, but I talked to him day before yesterday and he was going to be here and we went to pick him up and he was waiting for his ride to go to a doctor's appointment. So that's obviously, that's that. That takes precedence. So he seemed in good spirits this morning. He did seem in good spirits. So you know, so pray for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's struggling with health issues. What is going on with that microphone? I don't know. What is going down? All right, we'll deal with it as it. As <laughs> <laughs> it's the new voice. Yes, the man, the myth, the microphone. Um, uh, all right. So today's topic is relapse games. A relapse is not a game. But uh, the reason I, I entitled that is evidently some people think it is. Mm. And, uh, you know, there there are people that that walk in the doors of 12-step fellowships and treatment centers and faith-based programs like Adult and Teen Challenge or Salvation Army or Victory Outreach and, and whatever, Serenity Lane, secular treatment programs, year-long, 30 days, 90 days, year-long. Um, and there's several different kinds of people that come into these fellowships or programs uh some of them are court ordered uh some of them are messing with my microphone again some of them are um are there because uh, they're ready and they're done and they they really are fed up with the way they've been living some of them are there because they're there for somebody else you know whatever uh, treatment does not have to be voluntary to be effective. Mm-hmm. People don't have to lose everything to get it. Uh, we can help raise people's bottoms. We really, we really can. Um, but there are folks that, for whatever reason, dabble while they're in treatment or while they're in a recovery program or while they're in meetings. Yeah. And they play games with their lives. Uh, and there, there is a um, a facility that uh, houses several people that ran a a Total House UA on the clients, and a good eight of them failed, uh, two of which failed for heroin, uh, one failed for heroin and the other failed for methamphetamine and amphetamine. Um, And you you, you got, you you know, I, I, I go, Why? 
what are you doing? It's like people that are in 12-step fellowships that aren't willing to do the 12 steps. I mean, what are you doing in a 12-step fellowship mm-hmm. if you're not willing to do the 12 steps? I, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, um, why do you join a volleyball team if you're not going to play volleyball? I, I, whatever. Why are you in a recovery program if you're not serious about your recovery? But just because somebody relapses, does that mean they're not serious about their recovery? Yeah. Is it a nature of the addict? Is recovery, I mean, is relapse a part of recovery? And that's a very controversial that's a, yeah. issue. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, perhaps that's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Is relapse a part of the recovery journey? Mm-hmm. Maybe a more accurate question. And so we're, we're going to address that stuff. And this show is dedicated uh, to Corey Cunningham. Corey Cunningham was a gentleman who was a graduate of a long-term recovery program. He had also worked as an intern for that program. Uh, he was involved in uh, a faith-based 12-step support fellowship as mm-hmm. well called Celebrate Recovery. He was a big part of the community. Uh, a lot of people loved him in the faith circles. And uh, Corey, for whatever reason, um, was going through something and decided to use, and he didn't make it. And we lost him last week. And I don't know, how, how old would you say Corey was, Denver? 30. 30 years old? Yeah. Um, and it hit some of us very hard, some of us harder than others. I didn't know him nearly as well as some other folks did. Um, but, you know, you can look online, you can look at social media, and usually about once a week there's a posting, somebody's OD'd and died. Yeah. Um it's not it's not acceptable, in, in my opinion. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. But this show is dedicated to the memory of Corey Cunningham. So uh, for for him, his family, for for all those who are reeling right now because mm-hmm. of this, I just know that our prayers go out to you. And uh, Corey passed away uh, as a born again believer. He he knew the Lord. His position in Christ was secure. His condition may have been messed up. But he he's with Jesus today, and and uh, his battle is done. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we don't earn our salvation from our behavior; we earn it because of what God did. And so, it's kind of hard to believe that if you relapse, you're going to lose your salvation. It wasn't based on your sobriety; it was based on what Jesus did. So, um, I truly <laughs> believe that that he's with God today. So, um, but that doesn't make it any less painful, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't address this issue yeah. um, probably more than we do. And so we're going to be talking about that. But uh, first of all, we're, we are going to have a little bit of fun before we do all that. So check this out, and we'll be right back. Normal? I didn't know what normal was. From the time I got up till the time I passed out at night, I was high. School was a joke. When I did go, I was selling drugs, sleeping in class, and shooting up in the bathroom. By the time I came to Teen Challenge, I didn't think being sober was possible, at least not for me. But here, I learned how wrong I was. This program saved my life. To locate an adult and teen challenge center near you, visit teenchallengeusa.com. Trivia, brought to you by that award-winning recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. 
Cecil. Thank you, Cecil. Had a little fun weekend there, Cecil. Yeah, Cecil's got a little new music uh, there as well. All right, we're going to talk about fruit today, Mm. uh, specifically bananas. (gasps) Banana trivia. Banana trivia. Ah. Bruce is probably happy he's not yeah, here. Yeah, Bruce is happy he's not here. <laughs> He'd go, oh, Lord. Uh, Marv, I, I saw a smile creep out I from know. underneath that uh, mustache <laughs> here. So we'll see uh, how Marv will ask him this first question. We'll start with him first. Uh, so there's three and a bonus. What is the name of a bunch of bananas? A bunch of bananas. Here's your choices. Uh, a, a bunch. B, a hand. Or C, a cluster. What do you think, Marv? Uh, I'll go for cluster. Cluster? What do you think there? I'm going with a hand. A hand? What do you think? I was going to say hand too. I was going to actually say news, but that was an option. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But a hand. I'll go with the hand because it looks like a hand. Apples and news. Yeah, that's it. It, See. Yeah, you watched you watched too head. much Barney when you were a kid, right? <laughs> no, 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 Kylie. <laughs> uh, okay, well, those of you who said a hand are actually oh. correct. Yeah, the word banana comes from an Arab word banan, meaning finger. An individual <laughs> banana is called a finger. Of course, a bunch of bananas is called a hand. Did you know that? It's obvious. What's it called? You a didn't banana? know that. No, banan. Banan. You're like, I'm going to give you the banan. Banan. <laughs> I think you guys are bananas. <laughs> yeah, we are. Amen. Bananas and pajamas. Oh, God. Bananas I did watch two. Bananza. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, see, that's the older version. For, oh, nice. Well, we used to drop acid and watch reruns of Bonanza. <laughs> that was some good Bonanza. Why? Wow. That was some good Bonanza. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's number two. Um, ripe bananas do one of these things. Uh, glow bright under a black light. B can burn up to 130 calories when eaten with a glass of water. Ooh. Or C are used as paste in third world country elementary <laughs> schools. Are they used as paste in elementary schools in third world countries? So that can they burn up 130 calories when eaten, or do they glow bright under a black light? What do you I, think, Tony? I, I'm hoping it's B because I'm going to start doing that. Burn up to 130 calories. <laughs> Banana and a glass right. of water. All right. What do you think they're... Uh... Wow, they they all sound like they I know. could be. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, but I really like the glue idea. I think the glue does. idea? Yeah, I do. Right. Third I think world Mark. Picture. Yeah. The, the glue. glue? The glue. Sorry, guys. You're all incorrect. Oh! They do glow bright under a black light, ultraviolet or UV. UV. Researchers... <laughs> Research believe this is a lunch is ready signal to banana eating animals like insects and bats that can see UV oh. light. Wow! So if we eat enough, mm-hmm. you'll be glowing. We need to get a. We need to try that. We need to get a black light in the studio and some bananas. There's actually a radioactive chemical in bananas. It's not really? enough to hurt you, obviously, but it actually can cause glowing. I'm still good. So now how many people are going to go out and buy a black light? <laughs> I'm going to. You can't just buy a regular black light at Walmart. you got to get a special UV light, and they will go. Right after I check for teeth in a cow. Teeth in what a cow. Teeth? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, no, he didn't show you that picture? Yeah, he did I, I see thought, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but i got to see it myself. Oh. <laughs> no teeth. No teeth. No I've, front teeth. No yeah, I posted teeth. it on my Facebook. You it's, did. It, it was real. Mm. And Marv, you're right. Uh, okay, number three. <laughs> number three. This country produces 16 tons of bananas annually. Is it Cuba, India, or Japan? What do you think, Marv? Cuba. Cuba? I'm going with Cuba. Cuba? Why not? 
Cuba? Sorry, guys. What? It's India. India. India is the country. Really? 16 tons. Wow. Yes. I know. That's weird. That's and a lot and, of and if you I ever decide, like if you're in a foreign this. country and they grow bananas and you decide you're going to pick some, be very careful. What? Because, they kill you over well, bananas? Well, no, but tarantulas love oh! bananas. They love bananas. Now, I'm down in Mexico and the aguava plant, when you're down there harvesting that. What is that? Aguava. Oh, what's a guava? It's what they That's make a fruit? Tequila. It's a plant, and it's what they make tequila out of. <laughs> I knew I liked but, this. I know. But <laughs> the guava plants down there, the rattlesnakes get underneath there because oh, it's man. cool. I'm done. And they're, like, drunk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, but you've got to watch when you're picking a guava down there. Yeah, can we the do this field sobriety test, literally, snake? Mm-hmm. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your bonus uh, question. This is yes or no. Does smoking banana peels get you high? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going with him. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what that answer was. Buck, <laughs> bucket list. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think? Wait, is that a natural high because it's bananas? I don't know. What do you oh, think? Yeah. They Tony, go in the you dark. think? I don't know. What Tony, ha- do you think they get you high? You uh, smoke by his answer, yes. You think yes? <laughs> I'm saying no, but believe me, I have heard that rumor <laughs> before that they do, so I could be wrong, but I'm going with no. Marv so, said you, he doesn't know. I don't, but. Ready? Oh, no, Are, no, you're not a farmer. That's right. You're a rancher. You're a cowboy. No. I, what? Cowboy. Cowboy, that's right. Cowboy. He doesn't grow things. He trains horses. Oh, he, I keep... he grows things. Have you not been out to his property? No. Well. <laughs> I'm going to say no. You say no. All right. Good, good. Oh, please say it's yes. All right. So let me – there's the long way around the answer. In the late 1960s, stories of hallucinogens hidden in local grocery stores and fruit stands spread through North America. According to these tales, separating, boiling, baking, and drying bananas – would allow a user to extract the chemical bananadine and enter into a potent psychedelic experience. In 1967, Country Joe McDonald, lead singer of Country Joe and the Fish, remember that? Do you remember that, Mark? Country <laughs> Joe and the Fish. <laughs> well, Country Joe and the Fish found a large banana previously used as a part of, of a decoration of a parade float. The band strapped the banana to a car and drove around the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood of San Francisco to promote the band. Uh, During this afternoon, the band announced from a bullhorn that smoking banana peels would induce hallucinogenic responses. Country Joe and the Fish also passed out (laughs) banana peel joints to the audience members at concerts. Later in 1967, the Berkeley Barb, a counterculture newspaper, published a recipe for turning a batch of bananas into powerful hallucinogens, initiating the spread of the banana gospel. That was actually a book. Oh my the Berkeley Barb did not use the term banana dine in the article. A fictional chemical later believed to be responsible for hallucinogenic effects accompanying the smoking of banana peels. There have indeed been reports of people experiencing euphoria when smoking dried banana peels, Ooh, but there is absolutely no responsible scientific evidence to substantiate the claim. The answer <laughs> is no. No. All but right, we get the horn. You here. get, Come you on. get the horn. Amen. <laughs> hey, no, I know. I was like inconclusive. We needed that. Uh, let me. So I'm these guys. I'm with the banana peel on the back. What a marketing scheme, though, right? <laughs> For your you. band. I've That's heard awesome. That before. 
What a marketing I scheme. guess that's kind of mind over matter, huh? Because if you think you're getting high, sometimes your brain does work like mm-hmm. that. Man, them some good bananas. <laughs> good R- red vine licorice, too. <laughs> red vine licorice. Mm-hmm. Really? That was on uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent. Or no, what was that? I don't remember. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something? Mm, they really? Sp- they uh, laced the red vine licorice. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness sakes. <laughs> Last week it was South Somebody's going to correct me on that. I, I know that wasn't the movie, folks. So if you could, please. <laughs> well, it does it for Take Troll Trivia for this week. La. Yes! Alright. So, uh, Mr. Corey Cunningham is no longer with us uh, due to an overdose. Now, some say it was suicide via overdose. We don't know that. How, how would you determine that? I, I guess if you read a note or something. Um, most overdoses that lead to death, um, they've found most of them are, are unintentional. Um, it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, the fact is that something was going on and, and um, he used and he didn't come back. Um, so... I want you to hear something, uh, this little soundbite, and I want you to pay very close attention to the mother that makes a statement in here. You'll know when she's talking, uh, so check this out. First time somebody uses an opiate drug, the the euphoria that they get is, is, is something that they continue to search for and seek for. So while you could do that in the beginning by just chewing on the drug, over time you can't get that high anymore. So now you have to take it up to the next level. And nobody sets out uh, thinking that they're going to end up being a needle user. But every one of those needle users will tell you that uh, they couldn't get the high anymore doing it the way they were doing. Heroin became my best friend. Um, heroin became the love of my life. I put heroin before my family. I put heroin before my children. And I thought that I couldn't do nothing in life anymore without heroin. There's absolutely no difference between, in my mind, a heroin addict and a pill addict. We both will do anything to get it. Break the law, do whatever. You're both addicted. You both go through the withdrawals. You both go, it's the exact, exact same thing. It's everywhere. It's in your cabinet somewhere. It could be in your grandparents' cabinet. It could be it's your friend's mom's cabinet. It could be anywhere. That's pills. But, well, heroin could be in a drawer somewhere. Who knows? It's it's all the same. One's just prescribed to you, and one you go cop on the street. There's no way to say no with the opiates. It's hard. Real hard. I can tell myself no, 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 but my body, as soon as you think about it, you get anxiety, your palms start to sweat, you know, your your mental your mental ignores your physical part of it. I am very angry. And one of the things I'm most angry about, and I tell her all the time, is that that drug was so much more important to you than me. And I'm the one that can help you. I'm the one that helps you. I'm the one that supports you. I'm the one that'll always be there for you. You need something, I'm going to be the one to take care of it for you. But something that literally destroyed everything good within you was so much more appealing. 
wanted that so much more than anything I could offer her. And I'm angry. I am angry about that. The progression of addiction and the behavior that, that comes with it is, is pretty um, standard, regardless of where you're born, how much money you have, um, how old you are, what your race is, what your nationality is. You can be the smartest person in the world. The minute that chemical hits your bloodstream, you lose control of what it does in your body. You can't control it. Nobody can control it. I don't care who you are. You, you, it's not controllable. I lived in um, crack houses. Uh, and it's almost like something you see on TV, an abandoned building with um, drug paraphernalia everywhere. It might be a, a piss-stained mattress, and God knows what else is on it. Um, there was actually a place in the city that we were at, and um, a lady had overdosed in the bathtub. She had died. She was still in the bathtub. It's uh, a reality. Um, I'm going to talk about what the mom said here in a second, but uh, let's look at some uh, some statistics from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, most commonly overdosed opioids. Uh, uh, number one, methadone. Number two, oxycodone and oxycontin. And number three, hydrocodone. Another word for hydrocodone is Vicodin. <clears throat> Among those who died from prescription opiate overdoses between 1999 and 2014, overdose rates were highest among people aged 25 to 54. Overdose rates were higher among non-Hispanic whites and American Indian or Alaskan natives compared to non-Hispanic blacks and, and Hispanics. Men were more likely to die from overdoses, but the mortality gap between men and women is closing. Uh, overdose is not the only risk related to prescription opioids. Misuse, abuse, and opioid use disorder, addiction, are also potential dangers. In 19, or 2014, almost 2 million Americans abused or were dependent on prescription opioids. As many as one in four people who receive prescription opioids uh, long-term for non-cancer pain in primary care settings struggle with addiction. That means their general practitioners are issuing them for things that have nothing to do with pain management. Every day, over 1,000 people are treated in emergency departments for misusing prescription opioids. 1,000 people a day. And 120 people will die of heroin overdoses in the next 20 minutes. Um, 20 minutes. 20 minutes in the world. 1,000 people every day treated for, in emergency rooms for dependency on opioids. Now, that, that's a broad number. That, that's people who we could refer to as accidental addicts, people that have had surgeries, for instance, and had to have pain medication to manage their pain. Um, who became chemically dependent, mm -hmm. not necessarily addicts, but became chemically dependent. And may I just say, anybody can have mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. um, all the way to the person who was seeking a euphoria high to medicate for whatever reason. So it's not just people on the street, it's people that have good paying jobs. I mean, it's, you know, addiction and chemical dependency is no respecter of people. Um, The, the other one I wanted to look at here was um, 
let's see here, uh, overdose deaths from opioids in 2002 amongst women were 5,000, men were 10,000. And in 2015, it went up to 35,000 across, pretty much across the board. Um, and that is just, by the way, in the western region of the United States and Cuba, Australia, and Japan. That's unex- those are unacceptable numbers. That, that, that is crazy stuff. Uh, if you go with with drug overdoses and you include all drugs, you're up into the sixty thousand range, uh, more male than female. And um, in looking at your twelve step model treatment and recovery support circles, you're talking about one in nine people will die, end up in jail are in an institution for the rest of their life due to drug abuse. Mm. And may I just say, alcohol is a drug. If uh, and, and we know that alcohol uh, alcoholism is an addiction. Um, we can argue if that's a medical term or if that's a moral issue and on another show. I believe it's a medical issue with moral consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are an alcoholic, an active alcoholic, then you have an addiction problem. <clears throat> Therefore, you are a drug addict. Alcohol is a drug. <clears throat> so there's no separating <clears throat> them. The most abused drug in the world and the leading cause of death of all of them is tobacco. Number one. So, relapse games. Is relapse part of recovery? And I will tell you, if you ask that question, you're going to get a whole bunch of different answers. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some people that are extremely passionate who say, absolutely not. And you're going to get a whole bunch of people who have relapsed in their process of recovery that will say it absolutely <clears throat> was. So I'm thinking maybe we're asking the wrong question. Is relapse a part of recovery? Is it part of the recovery journey for some people? And I think the answer is yes. So my sponsor used to say, relapse is never a part of recovery until it happens. Mm. Then it can be. But it need not be. To, To say, and the reason I'm doing this show this week is because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's okay. Just keep coming back Mm -hmm. to people that it's not okay and they may never be able to come back. Mm -hmm. Now, do we welcome back the person when he he or she relapses? Sure you do. Absolutely. It's absolutely imperative that we don't hit hit them with with the hammer uh, of condemnation. Uh, We we love them and we welcome, welcome them back. But it's not okay. Relapse is not okay. It kills people. It took Corey out. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And, and, and so is relapse part of recovery? It ought not be. Does it end up being part of the recovery journey for some? Yes. It, it was for me. Me too. 
it was for me. Hmm. Um, so let's kind of open this. I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of like the mom. I'm mm-hmm. angry. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about her is, did you hear what she was saying? I'm the one that you come to. I'm the one that fixes everything. And, it, and yet the drug was more important to me. Let me just tell you that in most cases, unless you're sociopath, the drug really isn't more important than mom. Or your husband or your kids, but it is taken over and, and and it is the tail is wagging the dog. You will step over your mother's grave to get the next hit because of the nature of addiction. It is not necessarily the heart of the individual. When I drank myself to oblivion, it wasn't because I disrespected my parents and hated them and thought I was you know raised on the toilet seat backwards or any of that kind of stuff. Um, there, there was, there was some other things going on inside of me. Um, but I'm kind of like her, I'm angry Mm -hmm. because I've watched, I watched several people recently playing games with mind altering substances with no thought of, of what they were doing and dragging other people down and, and how they were affecting the people around them playing games with it. That's the nature of the animal. Mm-hmm. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Selfish. Highly mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. That's that's part of the deal. That's what it is. Right? That's cunning, the worst part. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and uh, the folks that I watched playing the games had been sober. <clears throat> was the obsession removed or wasn't it? I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't pretend to, to have any psychological right? you know, wisdom or anything, but uh, what I was thinking about while you've been talking is the fact that we do not know or can we possibly know um, what is going on in somebody's mind? Yeah, right. What, what their world experience is, um, where they, uh, uh, as they uh, mature, we don't know uh, what they believe or don't believe, mm-hmm. or what might possibly uh, t- uh, trigger some sort of uh, upset that would mm-hmm. cause this. Um, so. You know what are we talking about? We can speculate all day long, yeah, but we really don't know, right? Um, relapse possibly could be what it is that gets somebody to get serious about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God can use it, or the, or the other way, or 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 they can take them out. Yeah. What do you think, Denver? What do you think about all this? Huge topic. <clears throat> And that you could approach it at many different avenues. You could. You and I, uh, were, we were talking on the way in here. And uh, relapse has been a part of my my journey to mm-hmm. recovery, most mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, we were talking about different levels of relapse. You, What did you call it? Uh, living in relapse? Yeah, the, different, the difference between having experiencing a relapse or a return to... Uh, whatever the substance was, versus actually living in a relapse mode where you're 
back out doing the deal. You you know, some people would call that maybe a slip versus a yeah. lifestyle. A, a hiccup um, as compared to full-blown, uh, I'm going for this completely. Uh, what Marv said here <clears throat> about we don't know what's going on in their life. Right. For me, we discussed this. It could be a burned-out light bulb. Yeah. Causing enough frustration in my life for me to have a beer, and we know where one beer would lead me. Yeah. So that will lead into either that hiccup that I catch it immediately and I, I make that phone call or whatever. I'm in trouble. I need to talk with somebody. Yeah. Or I go into my, uh, not hibernation, what, what's the word? Uh, isolation. Yeah. Isolation to where I actually go into a full-blown relapse to where I'm using. And uh, I, I just wanted to say it was like a uh, roulette wheel with us. You know, mm-hmm. if you have this issue, you take the danger of not returning. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many times that I, I'll start it again tomorrow. I got time. And, and you, what you said, it's okay. Just come back. And that's great. We want you back. I want to be back. Sure. But we don't know. Your decision-making process totally changes after that first drink or usage mm-hmm. gets into your blood. You're not thinking right. And it could travel to heights never before, and you're not coming back from that. So it's not a game by any means. No. It, it's serious business. So, yeah, the the game part is striking. I don't I don't like that. You know I right. right. I looked I looked this up last night just for fun. Relapse game, and it, it's a an arcade game or a video game or something. Is it really? Yes. Yeah. And it's it the first word that was bold letters was horror game. And and that is so true even for the video game. And then I went farther and there are people that are relapsing on using video games. Yeah, video game you know, addicts. They, yeah. They, yeah. they try I've to stop. I've heard they of that. They try to stop and they can't do that. Yeah. You know, uh, we can relapse comes in at any level. Sure. But when we're dealing with uh recovery from substances relapses that's no game to this mm-hmm. this is real yeah because, so. because because chemicals particularly when you don't even know what the chemical makeup of the mm-hmm. chemical is you know versus overspending you know even yeah. even pornography mm-hmm. things like that more than likely you're not going to go into a coma and, and not wake up correct but with things you put into your bloodstream, you don't know. You might just not stop. You might not stop. It may take you out before. I mean, there are people that wait. I mean, here's, I hate, I hate to be this graphic, but there are people that they don't wake up before they get the needle out of their arm. Mm-hmm. They don't wake up to put the cap back on the whiskey bottle. They don't, Correct. they don't wake up. They, they don't. Um, and that tr- crosses in that suicide yeah. line. You know, some people say, oh, it was a suicide overdose. You're not thinking right during that process. No. So uh, it, it's a it's a real and it's a horrible topic. Horrible horror. Like it is a horror. Vi- yeah, what they said on the video game. It's horrible. I watched a documentary on um, a, a recovery center that treated people and uh, children in China that were addicted to video games. And, you know, the Chinese and the Japanese are very technologically, they're geniuses, mm-hmm. right? So video games are much more intense than they are here in America. Um, and these kids were literally going through physical 
convulsions. Yeah. Um, when they were taken away from the video games, withdrawal, physical yeah. withdrawal, uh, it it was intense. What, Tony, what do you what do you think about all this? It, have you lost people in in, in recovery? Oh, have you buried anybody that you? Well, know? buried not not. Uh, I say that figuratively. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. Uh, it's a tough topic, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it is really. Um, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things I want to say. Um, I've actually had a friend that I've watched recently mm-hmm. within the past couple of years from beginning to now she's in an institution. And that's where I get angry, but not at her. At the addiction? Damn it. It's okay. It's Okay. We need to be angry about this. Yeah. And I feel like the mom. Yeah. Well, it's like the last time she came back. Mm-hmm. She never really came back, but she was like, I could see she wanted it. Wanted, wanted sobriety, wanted recovery. Yeah, but hopefully mm-hmm. where she's at, something will click. She's... Yeah. Hopefully going to meetings where she's at, because she was before, and I could see mm-hmm. how bad that, that old person was. Yeah, yeah. But then I get, feel like, angry at myself, because then I think I'm like a hypocrite, because I, re, you know, relapse is part of my journey into recovery, too, so why can I be... So angry at that and not myself. It's very contradicting. And But you make a good point where we are saying it is okay, come back. But right. it shouldn't be that way. And I never even thought about that till you said it that way. Because it's kind of like giving them permission. Almost. And that's the wrong permission Almost. to give. And sometimes yeah. like the, uh, what I've learned through this show is, yeah, some. T- things sound great, but sometimes when you describe them, I'm like, it's not that great. So what what would happen if somebody took a gun and put a bullet in it, just one bullet in the mm-hmm. round, and started playing Russian roulette? Exactly. Right? And they went, click, and nothing happened. And they walked into a 12-step meeting, and everybody said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, welcome back. Welcome back. You know, and nobody made an attempt to take the gun from them or, or or even talk to them about what the solution is to get their finger off the trigger. They just said, keep coming back to the meeting. And the person goes out and click again. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Until one day, it doesn't go click. It goes bam. And there is no welcoming them back. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff, you know, what, what kind of garbage are we teaching people in some treatment, I'm not saying all, but in some treatment facilities and some recovery settings that just sitting in a chair drinking bad coffee or talking about your therapy session at, 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 in an organization or whatever it is, is the treatment for this when we know that there is only one who has all power, that one is God, may you find yep. him now. And that's how my facility was. They didn't say that it was the okay thing or anything like that. They're like, right? No, 
<coughs> so is it partially our responsibility by teaching stuff that, that is not the solution? Mm-hmm. At what point do we start worrying about stepping on your feelings and start telling you the truth? This is not okay. It's not. No. And I get very passionate about this because I've buried probably over 20 people. I mean, not literally officiated the funeral, but I've been to these events, these celebrations of life, so to speak, and the person, the truth be known, we were all patting ourselves on the butt trying to comfort each other. But truth be known, they weren't living life. Mm. They were killing themselves. Mm. And some of them were playing around. They weren't even, they, it wasn't so much that they were caught up in the addiction as much as they were, they were like Mar was saying, they were, they were practicing the, the selfishness and self-centeredness at the core. I remember a period of time when I thought living on the street, I romanticized it. I thought it was glamorous. You know, I want to be I want to be Tom Petty and 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 sing about she was she's a good girl. She loves Elvis and God and you know that song mm-hmm. uh, Free Fallen. Yeah. And here I am in the shadows and there was something romantic about it. I thought this is kind of fun. I like being homeless on this street. I wasn't really homeless, but I was living like <laughs> yeah. I was. I love hanging out in the adult bookstores and shooting up drugs and being the man on the street and people would come to for, for dope and all. And, and I was playing this game that at the core was all about my ego. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, because back in the day, I thought when I was in my active drinking, I thought what I was doing was normal. And I want to say to also to all the parents out there who don't understand, get educated. Don't I, I wish yeah. I, I tell my parents daily, like when I think like I'm going to call them today after the show. And there's things that I realize and I call them just out the blue and say, I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. talk to your children. Yeah. Just and, and more importantly, listen to your children. Listen. There you are. Listen. You know, the guys we work with, Denver. Right, we have about thirty-five of them. Right, the most important thing to them is not what we say. The most important thing to them is they know that we're listening. Yeah. Yes. Even if what they say is crazy, is this guy going to listen to me? Is he going to value what I say, even though I'm trying to pull the wool over his eyes? They, they're watching us. They want to know: Do you care enough to see past my BS and really listen to what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And those of us that work in the field, those of us that are sponsoring people, those of us that um, just by being in these fellowships, these meetings, in these programs, uh, who are, we have we we have a job to do. We we're an influence. You're going to be an influence, positive or negative, but you're going to be an influence. Mm-hmm. And um, saying it's okay is not okay. It's not okay. Um, well, saying, saying welcome my... back is absolutely yeah. okay, but saying it's okay is not okay. No, I have my treatment center. Uh, her name's Carol. I, I still have her boot up my butt because she was real the last time. Yeah, she's like, "Do you want this and this and this and this and this and this?" And she named everything that I've ever told her. Yeah, back. And I uh, every time I think of that, I always say it because it's so true that she. She always wore boots like these, and it, it's still stuck in my little rear, rear, okay? Right. Yeah, no, right. It, it's that harsh honesty that people like us need sometimes to wake up and realize, wait a minute, 
I got all this back. I'm happy about it. I can lose it just like that all over again. Mm -hmm. Or me. Yeah. Yeah, more importantly, you. Uh Uh-huh. There might not be a get it back. Exactly. And like our brother. Right. Right. So I don't know what was going on. I I, I, I know this. Uh, The story kind of goes like this. Uh, He had made... He had made a call to one of his best friends who just happened to have his phone on silent that night. Mm-mm. So he didn't hear it. Mm. And then they ended up communicating, if I get this right, and something was wrong. And my my friend, who was Corey's good friend, said, you know, he, he told me, he said, I could tell something was wrong. And Corey just abruptly said, you know, I got to go. And then try to get a hold of him again. And then... He knows it's it not too- his fault, though, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. He does now. But he went was going through that. I'm sure. He, you know, um, I have my phone on silent. What if I just didn't have it on silent? What if it rung? What if I was able to talk to him? What if, what if, what if, what yeah. if? Let me tell you, we are powerless over other people's choices. When they make their choice, they make their choice. We can influence. We can hinder. We can encourage. We can discourage. We can do all that stuff. But people make their final decisions. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a responsibility, especially as people that love God, to be Jesus with skin on to as much of our ability. And I'm telling you, that is not easy. No. It, <clears throat> the statistics you read is horrific about how many, 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be how many people 120. Pass? 120 we'll, we'll, people. We'll have an overdose, yeah. It, it's just horrible. That it comes about that way. That's over two hundred and fifty just in this hour. Yeah, and not all, not every one of them will die. By the way, let me correct right. that. But they will but overdose. Still, they will overdose, and so they will be this close, and some won't come. Some won't make it. Um. Once it gets you, and you're in the grasps of it. Mm. Uh, you don't have any control. I, I remember doing a large uh, amount of cocaine intravenously and going into convulsions. And while I was going into convulsions, I barely had time to think about anything other than being able to stop flopping around. And when it was when it was over and I could actually breathe, and I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? 20 minutes later, I did it again. Yes, it is amazing. What yep. is up with that? We call that strange mental blank spots in some programs. Other programs we call it insanity. I call it insanity. And it is. Um, well, just like with drinking, we black out and we make a fool out of ourselves and we do it all over again. Yeah. And, and, and we were One's not better I, than the other, and I think people No, it's kinda, not. And Denver and I were talking about yeah. this, about, you know, we're talking about alcohol poisoning takes yeah. down mm-hmm. thousands of people every year. I'm surprised it never took me out because I drank a lot. We just lost one uh, less than probably four months ago. He had been sober for eight months, uh-huh. went out. Something caused this uh, gentleman to drink again. And in theory, a few beers or, uh, you know, a pint, <laughs> coming from where we're from, isn't much. But something, but, for tri- him, but something triggered in him, and him. I don't know exactly the full story on this gentleman, mm-hmm. but he passed away from it. You know, he's not coming back. End game, yeah. as they call it, a yeah. game. And it is frustrating, very frustrating to uh, 
to see this happen. And when I'm using, you know, I'm not looking at any of that. I'm worried about my using. Right. But when you see others that are dear to you because you know the struggles personally, mm-hmm. and then you see them stepping into this uh, relapse, they call it, mm-hmm. it's horrible. There's nothing you can do other than scold them. The softer and gentler way is not the way at that time. Maybe get in their face. I, I don't know. It's, it's so, just frustrating. So the people that, are, that we know, mm-hmm. and everybody knows people, either we have, we do, or we will, that are playing these games fueled by what you said, Marv, selfishness mm-hmm. and self-centeredness. Selfish. That what is what we think, the book says, is the root of our problems. Yeah. So that's what's fueling this. Uh, they can listen to this show right now and for two minutes go, yeah, you're right, I better stop playing the game. And then to- got- tomorrow or an hour from now, they're right back to doing it because of selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking. Right? Here's what's amazing. With Corey's passing, I would lay odds there are people that mourned his passing during using again. Yeah. During using again. Yeah. Are used. Used. Are using. Using. During this mourning period of losing him. Right. And it's like, that's crazy. But we thought that was normal. It, it, yes. When it you're, is. When you're actively using. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I just lost my best friend. I got a drink. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, they, if, if there's any know. reason to, everybody yeah, will understand. Yeah, exactly. right? If I ever needed a reason to drink, I got it. But isn't that, isn't that in itself, let me ask you, Marv, isn't that in itself the core of selfishness? Yeah. You know, you know, I, I'm just sitting here. Uh, have we really reached the depths of what we're talking about? I know. Here? Oh, I don't even think we Be- scratched the surface. No. Because there's some things I'm thinking about, like uh, idolatry. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the spiritual uh, part of this thing? Um, uh, the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, right? The, the, yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, program people, and, and, and I don't know about uh, um, counselors and stuff like right. that, but, you know... Uh, from what I'm able to learn, have learned, is the words cunning, baffling, and powerful are, there's a lot more depth to that than we can even understand. There's a darkness beyond that. And that's why I said originally at the beginning of the program about what what's somebody thinking? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What has triggered the reaction that, that they're... Mm-hmm. Uh, Performing, um, and and we don't know. We we can't know we, that. We don't. Um, and and I, I guess I'm probably basing a lot of this what I'm saying on my own experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've been experiencing. Uh, not to, I'm not trying to take anything away from this thing, but in the last two years, you want to talk about horrific. I mean, I want to die. Mm-hmm. That's that darkness. That's the where I come from. Um, talking to me, trying to destroy me. Now, have I thought about drinking, using? Uh, I never did use drugs, but I drank. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, that's right there. And I am doing everything I possibly can in prayer 
believing that God has left me. I'm telling you, God's left me. But yet, I'm hanging on with everything mm-hmm. I've got to keep from doing something like killing myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so you want to talk about relapse. Yeah. This thing is a lot deeper, I think, than... Uh, um, and yet we don't want to we don't want to go there in some circles because then we're going to talk about exactly. spiritual issues that are outside issues and they're not really outside issues are they? There's an enemy of our soul that wants to take us out. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because if people um, let me tread this lightly. You people don't think there's okay, it takes I, already. You can say whatever okay, you want. Okay, you look at our pictures. Do you think it would be we were the type and normal people think there's a type like the extreme what can and mm-hmm. is real out there but if you're looking at any one of us we are those people inside we just have a daily reprieve because of god right and we but we have to still battle that daily and so we're not better than anybody else we're lucky but for people who like don't know any of this, they'd be like, "Well, they're better than them because they're sober." No, we're not. We found God, and we're lucky. Mm-hmm. We're not a type. There's no type. Sure. You can't judge a book by its cover, and it pisses me off when I hear that. Well, addiction is no respecter of men. Yeah, exactly. The devil's no respecter of men. I don't care. I don't, I don't care know exactly a... what I'm saying, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, what's what I say at the center all the time. At the foot of the cross, the playing field is level. Yeah. It's level. And, you know, this could take... And right behind that, though, right behind that's my point. Yeah. There's somebody, there's a voice telling those people you're talking to. No, that isn't true. You are worthless. Right. And look what you're doing, you're though, never, Bruce. You're never going to make it. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, again, we go back to the spiritual mm-hmm. part of this thing. Is the the peop the people how willing are they to hang on to the cross through the worst of it? Because it gets bad. Regardless of mm-hmm. how they're feeling. Yes. Hanging on. Yeah. And you don't say much, but when you do, it's amazing. Well and you've been through the ringer and you're hanging on. Exactly. That that's exactly what I was gonna say. That pure honesty right there. Yeah. Probably just gave one person hope. Yeah, because, see, especially within the church, especially within Christendom, oh, don't say that God left you. Say, I feel like he left me. We we want to tell people how to say things to make us feel okay about what we say. Well, no, no. With anybody across the board. I mean, if they haven't, like, I'm just finding Jesus again. It took me almost seven years. If I would have heard that, like, a little less than over a year ago before I started the show, that would have caught my ear. So thank you. So part of their thing is that we we don't want to get real. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I really say. So there's people yeah. there's people that if I was to uh, come up with this in a meeting and I have partially uh-huh. that would come up to me and say, well, you need to do the fourth step, or you need to do the sixth step, right? Or right. Whatever. I'd give you a pat answer. On yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'd look at him back and say, yeah. no, you just need to find Jesus and pray. <laughs> but I'm a wise ass like that. I'll do that. That's it right there <clears throat> is some people 
in this recovery relapse game yeah doesn't have they don't have the relationship that mm-hmm. we are fortunate and blessed to have with our lord they are trying to do this on their own strength and we know that doesn't work right because we have tried it and tried it again thus leading to relapse so we are blessed right here sitting at this table to ha- to know the lord and uh, it's frustrating when you see people struggle with this and you go there is there is hope there mm-hmm. is an answer mhm but you're not going to get it on your own hey you could write a million inventories yeah and yeah, that's it, some people's thing too it's that starting with the steps and then learning who the mm-hmm. lord is again yeah I, it doesn't I, matter how you start i don't think as long as you start well, any well, place is, 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 is acceptable to make, to make, to make no, a beginning. No, no, no. I, it's, it, this the whole topic could go on for hours. Right. Oh, it could. Two pots of coffee. It, could. <laughs> it really yeah. could. Because it is much deeper than just yes. our friend Corey Cunningham relapsed, passed away, and here we are. It, it oh, goes much, much deeper, deeper than that. Much, much, much deeper than that. But I want people to know Corey was not a bad person. And it will go on. No. And well, this will he, go on. There's going to be he was people sick. out there he saying was he was a bad person. No, I don't want that. It pisses me off. He was a good person. It's deep. Mm-hmm. It's deep, and it's nothing that's going to be solved on a radio show, and it's certainly not going to be solved by just going through the motions of following certain directions, and it certainly isn't going to be solved by just giving pat answers to people. Well, you just need to love God more. Mm. You you just need to to have more faith. You know. I love your honesty, though, on that one, Bruce. Yeah. That was beautiful. Marv. It's Marv. Marv. See? I'm so touched I don't even remember your name. Marv. That's what we need more of in this thing is honesty and share. And love and God. So my faith, regardless of how weak, you know, if I got a little meter, faith meter, and I mean, it's just barely bouncing above Bing. zero. Bing. You know, maybe it's even on zero, but I still got the meter. Mm. Um, you know, I think there's a bit, there's a good reason why our Lord talked to us about the faith of a mustard seed. He didn't say that you had all have all this giant amount of faith to to accomplish things. <coughs> it took it took something that is in some some parts of the country a mustard seed is almost microscopic and, and we, we 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 see little tiny ones but they can actually even be smaller than that um what what faith can do it is is amazing and i think most of the time in my life it's not my faith it's the faith giver's faith because i'm like empty and without and where where are you, God? Mm-hmm. You know, um, knock and it shall be open to you. And I'm knocking, and door ain't opening. So it's rough stuff. It's rough stuff. But what I do know, no matter how I feel, I do know the truth is the truth, and um, this is but a a a glimpse. Of eternity, what we're going through today, 
And what God's faith, what his power can do is absolutely amazing. I've seen it happen. The simple fact that all of us are sitting here and we aren't trying to breathe because of alcohol poisoning or we can't even get the needle out or any of that kind of stuff. You know, all three of us, by all intents and purposes, probably ought to be six feet under. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Here we are. So this closing song is uh, by Cutlass, and it's called What Faith Can Do. Um, and I wanted to play it as an encouragement to all those who are reeling because of the passing of Corey Cunningham. And um, and, and, and and those of you, and many, many people listen to the show that have lost loved ones um, for whatever reason, whether it's a car accident, whether it's an overdose. The fact is, when they're gone, they're gone. And... Uh, you know, grief is a, is an interesting thing. Um, so I was searching and searching and searching for the right song. Songs about overdose. Songs about, you know, friendship. Song about, and I just kept coming back to God's faithfulness. What, what his faithfulness can do. So uh, here is Cutlass with the song, What Faith Can Do.
And with that said, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family. And until our next broadcast, we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs>